Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearson. So glad you tuned into the broadcast today. Listen, if you believe the Bible, then you believe what God said. He said, those who honor me, I will honor. And just by the fact that you are watching this broadcast today, if you are, if you are taking this time to, to feed on the word of God, then you're honoring him because to honor his word is to honor him. And the, the backside of that promise is almost too much for our little minds to comprehend. He said, if you honor me, I'm going to honor you. And this world was honored when he gave us Jesus. We're honored when he heals our bodies. We're honored when he prospers our lives. God has made a promise to you and I that when we honor him, honor his word, put him first, he's gonna put you first. He's gonna honor you. So that's the promise I want us to hold on to today as we get into the word. And in just a moment, we're gonna pray together, spend some time in God's word, find out what he wants to say to us today. Before I do that though, I wanna remind you that there are four primary ways to get the word of God from Pearson's Ministries International. Are you ready? Take notes if you want to, but I bet you can remember it. The broadcast, that's what you're watching right now. The podcast, that's available to you. Uh, not just messages here that we record at Legacy Studios, but when Sarah and I are out traveling, speaking in different places, oftentimes we'll come home, make those messages available on our podcast. So you got broadcast, podcast, website. It's another great place to watch these broadcasts or, or those messages that we bring home. Anything else that we put out, we're gonna put it right there on the website, pearsonsministries.com. So you got broadcast, podcast, website, and app, all right? As of right now, when I'm recording this broadcast, over 15,000 people have downloaded the Legacy Studios app, and I hope you're one of them. If you're not, go get it today. It's free. It's a great way to stay connected with us. Let us stay connected with you. Broadcast, podcast, website, app broadcast podcast website app. Just get that going in your head. You'll be annoyed with that later. That's for me, a gift to you. Let's pray together today. And we'll get right into the word. Father, we love you so very much. And we are so thankful that the for the love that you have for us. So we come before you and before your word today with expectation, expectation in our heart that we're going to see Jesus maybe in a way we never have before. We're gonna hear his voice with perhaps more clarity than we've ever heard it before. And we're gonna understand in our hearts today who we are in Jesus, who Jesus is in us. And I believe, Lord, that in these next few moments, we have enough time for here for you to speak and change our lives forever. We're in agreement together, and we believe that we receive it as a gift from you, a gift of your grace, and we lay hold of it by our faith in you. We thank you for it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you ready to get into the word together? Let's do it. I want to start today uh, with a verse out of the book of Galatians chapter 5. We're going to put this on the screen. You don't have to turn to it. I want you to find 1 Corinthians 13, but Galatians chapter 5 verse 6, the very last part of that verse simply says these words, faith works through love. Other translations say faith works by love. Now, if you were to just take the first part of that little statement right there, that's, that's enough to get excited about. Faith works. That's good news. Faith works in a world full of people and sadly a world full of Christians who feel like their, their faith isn't working. It's not producing anything. They need to be encouraged today. If that's you, let me encourage you right now. Faith works, man. I mean, it works. Now, you really have to take that whole verse and put that statement back where you found it. You know, what I often tell my kids is we're walking through a store and they're grabbing stuff off shelves. Go put that back where you found it. Well, sometimes you got to do that 
with verses out of the Bible. You got to put them back where you found them and helps you understand what the Spirit of God was endeavoring to say there. He said that neither circumcision or uncircumcision avails anything. It doesn't produce anything, but faith in Christ Jesus works by love. In Christ Jesus, he said, faith works through love. So it's faith in Jesus that works. It's not faith in yourself. It's not faith in another person. It's not faith in your ability or someone else's. It's faith in Jesus and faith in him alone. And faith in Jesus works, but that's not where it ended. It said faith works by love. You know, on, on this broadcast, uh, on Legacy Television, we are going to, over the course of a year and over the course of the life of this television ministry, we're going to cover who knows how many different things from the Word of God. I mean, we're going to look at faith. We're going to look at, at uh, the will of God for us to be healed and to be whole and to prosper in Him. We're going to look at so many different things from the Word of God. We're going to address what we believe is, is our assignment to teach a generation how to live by faith in the day of grace. But in all your teaching and in all your study in the Word of God, there, there's one thing that stands out above anything else. And that's the, the thing that you've got to come back to, not just, in, not just in ministry, and it's not just something a preacher has to come back to. It's something every born again believer has got to come back to over and over and over. And it's simply this, the love of God. You can never be guilty of getting too far away from the love of God. Whatever you do, set up a guard in your life that you're never more than just one arm's length away from a revelation of how much God loves you and his love in you and his love working through you. So that's what I want to do today is I want to spend some time just going back over some of the very most, the most basic things about the love of God, because love, you know, from first John chapter four, love is not what God has, and it's not what God does. Love is what God is. And what he has comes out of what he is. And what he does comes out of what he is. The love that he has and the love that he shows comes out of the love that he is. First John chapter four tells us that God is love. And if you're trying to understand God, starting with Anything else, starting with, with any other thought, any, any other concept besides love, you're going to be very, you're going to be off in your understanding of him. You're going to be, you're going to be misinformed very soon. But if you come back to that foundation of love, that's why I said never being far away from it, always coming back to love, always coming back to how much he loves you, always coming back to that love walk then you are going to, you're never going to get off in your understanding of, of who God is and what God does. And right now, basically, you've got a world full of people who are really confused about who God is and what God does. And, and anytime there's destruction, anytime there's major catastrophe, you're always going to find a group of people. And, and a lot of times you find them right inside the church that attribute it to God. 
God and his sovereignty, they say. We don't know why God did this. We don't know why God sent this. We don't know why God chose to take this person with this illness or that disease or this destruction. But then right on the other hand, you got other people, people like me, others that I'm sure you've heard before who are standing up and shouting as loud as they can, God didn't do it. God's not the one stealing. God's not the one killing. God's not the one destroying, man. Jesus drew that line in the sand a long time ago. And he made it very clearly, he made it very clear when he said, the thief is the one doing all that, but I came that you'd have life and have more of it. So you've got two different groups of people. One, one saying God's the one killing, another group saying that's not the one doing it. And folks, if If we can't tell the difference as a body, if we can't tell the difference between God and the devil, we're confused. I mean, that is confusion at its highest degree. We're confused if we can't tell the difference between those two. So what's the difference? To understand the difference, you have to come back to very simply this, love. What would love do? What would love say? How does love react? How does love respond? And it just does so much to dispel the confusion and to bring peace to somebody's mind and to bring peace to their heart when it, when, even when destruction happens or there's, there's famine around them, there's catastrophe around them. It brings peace knowing, okay, God didn't do this. God did not do this. You know, Romans chapter one talks about those who chose not to retain God in their knowledge. There are those, it talks, well, let's just, let's look at it. This wasn't exactly what I thought we'd do today, but I believe the Lord's leading us in this. Romans chapter one. Let's read some of these verses together. Um, Verse 20, since the creation of the world, uh, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. One translation says stupid hearts. Their foolish, stupid hearts were darkened. I'm telling you, it's stupid. It's foolish to look out into creation and to behold it with your own eyes and come to the conclusion, no, there's no God. It's foolish and it's stupid. Verse 22, professing to be wise, they became fools. They changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible men and so on. If you read this in other translations, the the essence of what he's communicating here is, is the fact that mankind has really put God on trial so to speak. They have put God on trial and they've accused him of everything that I just mentioned a moment ago. Man, the people have accused God of murder. They've accused God of stealing. They've accused God of destruction of property. They've accused God of all of these violent, violent crimes. And in the hearts and minds of men and women all over the world right now, God is on trial. He is sitting in that courtroom as the defendant to all these accusations. And anybody that goes through a trial like that, especially somebody who didn't do it, what do they need? Besides a good lawyer, what do they need? They need a witness to take the stand. They need somebody 
who was there as a witness. What is a witness? This word witness is one of those funny words that we understand it as one thing inside church and we understand it as something completely different outside church, but they're the same thing. Inside church, witness is, well, go tell somebody about Jesus. And that's good, that's wonderful. But outside church, in a courtroom, a witness is what? Somebody who saw something, somebody who saw what happened, or somebody who heard what happened, somebody who's got first-hand experiential knowledge with the case. And really, when you bring that definition of it inside the church and inside our understanding of it, it really changes things. Now think about that in the context of God himself being on trial in the hearts and minds of people all over the world. What's he looking for? What does he need? He needs a witness. Oh, come on, somebody. He needs a witness. Can I get a witness? Somebody who will take the stand in his defense and say, no, I know him. You can be God's character witness. I know him. I've experienced with him. He's not the one stealing. He's not the one killing. He's not the one destroying. He's the one giving life. And if that prosecution says, well, we need proof. Where's the proof? All you and I have to do is say, I am proof. My life is proof. You see this smile on my face? You hear the joy coming up out of me today. There's your proof. See the blessing of the Lord on my life. See the blessing of the Lord working on me and in me and through my family and in my ministry. And you can say these things too. You've got experience with him and that makes you a witness. And you take that stand, you take your stand and you declare as an eyewitness, God is love. Oh, thank God. He's love. We've got to come back to these things as the foundation of our relationship with him. And if you know anything about him, you've got to know that he's love. And if that's the only thing you know about him, that's enough right there to build an entire relationship with him on. I may not know everything all the details about the plan. I may not know all the details about my future. I may not know all the details about how this thing I'm going through is gonna turn out. I may not see all that clearly, but I do know this, he loves me. Man, it would do you good right now just to say it out loud. He loves me. Say it again, he loves me. Come on, say it, I can't hear you. He loves me. And you can say that, you, you could say it a thousand times a day and never squeeze out of it all the power that's inside. He loves me. And if you're, gonna, if you're going to make a study out of the love of God, you could almost just throw your Bible open to any page and find it there. But I, I think there's probably no better place to start than in the book of 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, the great love chapter. And this may take us some time. We're not going to get it in all on this broadcast, but uh, you can come back next week. You can, you can get a hold of it and just stick with us through this study. And maybe you're asking, where can I watch these broadcasts? I'm glad you asked. You can watch them on the broadcast, the podcast, the website, the app. <laughs> all right. Make sure you're staying with us as we're studying and diving in to the love of God. First Corinthians chapter 13. Verse one, Paul is writing here and he said, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass 
or a clanging symbol. He said, I could speak with the tongues of men and of angels. What is that? Every known language. I could speak every known language, every language known on earth, every language known outside of this realm called earth. And yet if I don't have love in it, it's nothing more than sounding brass and clanging cymbal. Now these people, when Paul wrote this to the people in this city, they knew exactly what he was talking about because of the pagan temples that were around this city and that were quite popular in the city of Corinth, their worship was that the word, their worship of their false dead God oftentimes cons consisted of their priests and uh, their religious leaders. What they would do is all go get high, okay? And then once they were, they got a really good buzz going, they'd come back into the temple and they would just start doing these chants and they would start doing these marches and they had these large steel drums, these, these metal, think, think of it just like a, oh, what are those big, just empty, what do we call them, like 55 gallon drums, just metal. And when you bang on that thing, what kind of sound does it make? Just reverberating metal. And think about these people who are all just high out of their minds, trying to work up some sort of connection with their God. And you got to get high to do it because he's not even there. Their God's not even real. And they're trying to work this up and work this up. And their worship considered or consisted of them just banging on these drums and crashing on these cymbals and drum, cymbal, bang, bang. And this sound would reverberate throughout the city for hours on end. Now, there's one word that comes to mind when I think about living in an environment like that. You know what it is? Annoying. That would be so completely annoying to have to listen to that. Now, I'm kind, of a, I'm kind of sensitive to noises anyway. I'm one of those guys when I'm driving in the car, if I hear like something rattling somewhere, if something's buzzing a little bit, I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to stop it. I'm like, what's, what's that noise? Where is it coming from? I can't take the, the incessant noise. So if those little things are annoying, can you imagine how annoying this constant banging and this constant crashing is? Well, he compared all that to somebody who could speak every language known to man and then languages not known to man. You know what I think of that? I think, I, th I think sometimes that's somebody who just always knows what to say. Somebody who's just always got a response to something. Somebody who's just always got, uh, you, you know, an opinion about something. And it's always this, you can tell how, how much they think of what they think. And there's just always got something to say. You ever know anybody like that? There's just always got something to say. And even though it would take such mental brilliance to be able to speak all those languages, even though it would take such spiritual intensity and a heightened sense of spirit to be able to speak languages outside of this realm. Paul said, I'm going to tell you something. If there's no love in it, it's as annoying as somebody banging on a drum in your ear all day. 
if there's no love in the words that they speak? What kind of impact is made on your life by, by sounding brash and clanging cymbal? None. And yet our words, we were given the gift of words. God spoke the world into creation, spoke man into existence. And our words were not just given to us as a form of communication. Our words were given to us as a form of creation. Our words have the ability to impact lives and change lives. Our words have the ability to minister grace to people that hear them. But when there's no love in the words, they have no impact. No love no impact. When maybe, maybe somebody who, that person we talked about who always has the right answer, always knows what to say. I'm going to tell you, even if the words they're saying are technically right, if there's no love in them, they don't help anybody. Let me challenge you and I today, as we're coming back to this revelation of the love of God, even when we're looking into a situation you're looking into somebody else's life and maybe they're going through hell and stuff's falling apart all around them and you're looking at it and you're thinking, man, it's obvious to me what you need to do. It's obvious to me how to fix this thing. Before you go just spout off what you believe to be the ultimate right answer, why don't you take just a moment and make sure that what you're about to say is so full and overflowing with the love of God. Because if it's not, it's not going to do anything but drive that person away. And even if they know what you're saying is right, there'll be something about it. If there's no love in it, there'll be something about it that just don't, it just won't taste good to them and they'll reject it. Our words are gifts from God that were given so that you and I could create the way he did so that we could speak light into darkness and love himself on day one of creation spoke out of love into the face of darkness and love shouted out loud, light be. And at 186,000 miles per second, light stretched out across the universe and across the galaxies and created as it was unfolding. Love did that. Love did that. What do you think love in our words can do? in a dark situation? What do you think, husbands, your words can do for your wife when you'll speak them, but don't just say them because this is, this is the logical right answer. I can't believe you don't see this. What's the matter with you? No, no, wait, wait, stop, stop, stop. The right words spoken in the wrong way are the wrong words. But when you, out of a love for her, and out of the love of God for her, speak into that darkness, light will be. Wives, you have the same power. Coworkers have this power. Parents have this power. Our words have the power to create, but only when they're fueled by love. God spoke by faith and his faith worked, but how did it work? It worked by love. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. 
From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith. 